Chapter 10 of From Ritual to Romance. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. From Ritual to Romance by Jesse Laidley Weston. Chapter 10 The Secret of the Grail. One the mysteries students of the grail literature cannot fail to have been impressed by a certain atmosphere of awe and mystery which surrounds that enigmatic vessel there is a secret connected with it the revelation of which will entail dire misfortune on the betrayer if spoken of at all it must be with scrupulous accuracy it is so secret a thing that no woman be she wife or maid may venture to speak of it a priest or a man of holy life might indeed tell the marvel of the grail but none can hearken to the recital without shuddering trembling and changing colour for very fear c'est de gras dont nous ne doit le secret dire ne comptez car telle chose pourra monter les qu'il fût dit que tu en en soit marie qui ne la roi mi forfait car ce maître blihinement nul ne doit dire le secret mais la merveille qu'il trouva dans maintes fois s'espoenta ne doit nul homme compter ne dire qu'il qui le dit en a grand dire car c'est les signes d'un grand other texts secret son pouet avoir et peine et mal l'y fait grand péché et grand mal s'il qui s'entremet d'un comté fort ainsi comme il doit aller the above refers to godwin's adventure at the black chapel en route for the grail castle the following is the answer given to percival by the maiden of the white mule after he has been overtaken by a storm in the forest she tells him the mysterious light he beheld proceeded from the grail but on his inquiry as to what the grail may be refuses to give him any information que je plus vaut en doit dire si vous si fois estimez sire non en soi plus compté ne demand labor plus parler other texts ma bouche car ce est chose trop secret si ne doit être raconté par dame de boiselle par messine ne par poussière ne par nul homme qui soit né si pouvoir né ordonné ou homme qui mène sa vie s'il pourroit de y grand parler et la merveille raconter que nul homme ne pourroit à que il ne l'estresse frémir tremble et mamue color et en pâlir de la pas 
from this evidence there is no doubt that to the romance writers of the grail was something secret mysterious and awful the exact knowledge of which was reserved to a select few and which was only to be spoken of with bated breath and a careful regard to strict accuracy but how does this agree with the evidence set forth in our preceding chapters there we have been led rather to emphasize the close parallels existing between the characters and incidents of the grail story and a certain well-marked group of popular beliefs and observances now very generally recognized as fragments of a once widespread nature cult these beliefs and observances while dating from remotest antiquity have in their modern survivals of recent years attracted the attention of scholars by their persistent and pervasive character and their enduring vitality yet so far as we have hitherto dealt with them these practices were and are popular in character openly performed and devoid of the special element of mystery which is so characteristic a feature of the grail nor in these public folk ceremonies these spring festivals dances and plays is there anything which on the face of it appears to bring them into touch with the central mystery of the christian faith yet the men who wrote these romances saw no incongruity in identifying the mysterious food-providing vessel of the blaharis gawain version with the chalice of the eucharist and in ascribing the power of bestowing spiritual life to that which certain modern scholars have identified as a launch ding a folk-tale vessel of plenty if there be a mystery of the grail surely the mystery lies here in the possibility of identifying two objects which apparently lie at the very opposite poles of intellectual conception what brought them together where shall we seek a connecting link by what road did the romancers reach so strangely unexpected a goal it is of course very generally recognized that in the case of most of the pre-christian religions upon the nature and character of whose rites we possess reliable information such rites possessed a twofold character exoteric in celebrations openly and publicly performed in which all adherents of that particular cult could join freely the object of such public rites being to obtain some external and material benefit whether for the individual worshipper or for the community as a whole esoteric rites open only to a favored few the initiates the object of which appears as a rule to have been individual rather than social and non-material in some cases certainly the object aimed at was the attainment of a conscious ecstatic union with the god and the definite assurance of a future life in other words there was the public worship and there were the mysteries of late years there has been a growing tendency among scholars to seek in the mysteries the clue which shall enable us to read aright the baffling riddle of the grail and there can be little doubt that in so doing we are on the right path at the same time i am convinced that to seek that clue in those mysteries which are at once the most famous and the most familiar to the classical scholar that is the lucinian is a fatal mistake there are as we shall see certain essential and radical differences between the greek and the christian religious conceptions which affecting as they do the root conceptions of the two groups render it quite impossible that any form of the eleusinian mystery cult could have given such results as we find 
in the grail legend comment in his les religions orientales dans la paganisme romain speaking of the influence of the mysteries upon christianity remarks acutely or l'oriscon parle de mystère on doit songer à l'asie à la nice bien plus qu'à la grâce pauvre malgré tout le prestige qui entourait illusie que d'abord les premières communautés chrétiennes se font fonder former développer au milieu de populations orientales samites phrygiens égyptiens this is perfectly true but it was not only the influence of milieu not only the fact that the hellenized faiths were as cumont points out more advanced richer in ideas and sentiments more pregnant more poignant than the more strictly classic faiths but they possessed in common with christianity certain distinctive features lacking in these latter if we were asked to define the special characteristic of the central christian rite should we not state it as being a sacred meal of communion in which the worshipper not merely symbolically but actually partakes of and becomes one with his god receiving thereby the assurance of eternal life the body of our lord jesus christ preserve thy body and soul unto everlasting life but it is precisely this conception which is lacking in the greek mysteries and that inevitably as rhodi points out the lucidian mysteries in common with all greek religion differentiated clearly between gods and men eins ist der menschen ein andres der gotter geschlecht on andren on theon genos the attainment of union with the god by way of ecstasy as in other mystery cults is foreign to the eleusinian idea as cumont puts it the greco-roman deities rejoice in the perpetual calm and youth of olympus the eastern deities die to live again in other words greek religion lacks the sacramental idea thus even if we set aside the absence of a parallel between the ritual of the greek mysteries and the mise-en-scene of the grail stories eleusis would be unable to offer us those essential elements which would have rendered possible a translation of the incidents of those stories into terms of high christian symbolism yet we cannot refrain from the conclusion that there was something in the legend that not merely rendered possible but actually invited such a translation if we thus dismiss as fruitless for our investigation the most famous representative of the hellenic mysteries proper how does the question stand with regard to those faiths to which cumont is referring the hellenized cults of asia minor here the evidence not merely of the existence of mysteries but of their widespread popularity and permeating influence is overwhelming the difficulty is not so much to prove our case as to select and coordinate the evidence germane to our inquiry regarding the question as a whole it is undoubtedly true that as anric remarks the extent of the literature devoted to the mysteries stands in no relation whatever gar keinem verhaltness to the importance in reality attached to them later in the same connection after quoting clement of alexandria's dictum gerheime dinge wie die gottheit werden der rede anvertraut nicht der schrift 
die als schriftliche fixierung ist schon beinahe entweihung a just remark which it would be well if certain critics who make a virtue of refusing to accept as evidence anything short of a direct and positive literary statement would bear in mind there are certain lines of research in which as bishop butler long since emphasized probability must be our guide fortunately however so far as our present research is concerned we have more than probability to rely upon not only did these nature cults with which we are dealing express themselves in mystery terms but as regards these special mysteries we possess clear and definite information and we know moreover that in the western world they were of all the mystery faiths the most widely spread and the most influential as sir j g fraser has before now pointed out there are parallel and overlapping forms of this cult the name of the god and certain details of the ritual may differ in different countries but whether he hails from babylon phrygia or phoenicia whether he be called tammuz attis or adonis the main lines of the story are fixed and invariable always he is young and beautiful always the beloved of a great goddess always he is the victim of a tragic and untimely death a death which entails bitter loss and misfortune upon a mourning world and which for the salvation of that world is followed by a resurrection death and resurrection mourning and rejoicing present themselves in sharp antithesis in each and all of the forms we know the god best as adonis for it was under that name that though not originally greek he became known to the greek world was adopted by them with ardor carried by them to alexandria where his feast assumed the character of a state solemnity under that name his story has been enshrined in art and as adonis he is loved and lamented to this day the adonis ritual may be held to be the classic form of the cult but in rome the centre of western civilization it was otherwise there it was the phrygian god who was in possession the dominating position held by the cult of attis and the magna mater and the profound influence exercised by that cult over better known but subsequently introduced forms of worship have not so far been sufficiently realized the first of the oriental cults to gain a footing in the imperial city the worship of the magna mater of pesanante was for a time rigidly confined within the limits of her sanctuary the orgiastic ritual of the priests of kabylie made it first little appeal to the more disciplined temperament of the roman population by degrees however it won its way and by the reign of claudius had become so popular that the emperor instituted public feasts in honour of kybele and attis feasts which were celebrated at the spring solstice march fifteenth to twenty seventh as the public feast increased in popularity so did the mystery feast of which the initiated alone were privileged to partake acquire a symbolic significance the foods partaken of became un aliment de vie spirituelle et doivent s'en tenir dans les épreuves de la vie l'adité philosophers boldly utilized the framework of the addis cult as the vehicle for imparting their own doctrines lorsque le néoplatonisme triomphe vers la fable phrygienne 
des viandes le moutre additionnel dans lequel des exégètes du sato verseront hardiment leurs spéculations philosophiques sur les forces créatrices fécondantes principes de toutes les formes matérielles et sur la délivrance de l'âme divine plongée dans la corruption de ce monde terrestre certain of the gnostic sects both pre and post-christian appear to have been enthusiastic participants in the addis mysteries hepting in his addis study goes so far as to refer to bishop abercios to whose enigmatic epithet our attention was directed in the last chapter as their addis prister another element aided in the diffusion of the ritual of all the oriental cults which journeyed westward under the aegis of rome none was so deeply rooted or so widely spread as the originally persian cult of mithra the popular religion of the roman legionary but between the cults of mithra and of Attis there was a close and intimate alliance in parts of asia minor the persian god had early taken over features of the phrygian deity aussitôt que nous pouvons constater la présence du culte Perzik en Italie, nous le trouvons étroitement uni à celui de la grand-mère de Pessinante. The union between Mithra and the goddess Anahita was held to be the equivalent of that subsisting between the two great Phrygian deities, Attis Kabili, the most ancient Mithraeum known, that at Ostia was attached to the Mitrun, the temple of Kabili at salberg the ruins of the two temples are but a few steps apart long à tout lieu de quoi que le culte du dieu aronion et celui de la déesse phrygiane vécurent en communion intime surtout la tendue de l'empire a proof of the close union of the two cults is afforded by the mystic rite of the taurobolium which was practised by both and which in the west at least seems to have passed from the temples of the mithra to those of the magna mater at the same time cumont remarks that the actual rite seems to have been practised in asia from a great antiquity before mithraism had attributed to it a spiritual significance it is thus possible that the rite had earlier formed a part of the attis initiation and had been temporarily disused we shall see that the union of the mithra attis cults becomes of distinct importance when we examine a the spiritual significance of these rituals and their elements of affinity with christianity b their possible diffusion in the british isles but now what do we know of the actual details of the attis mysteries the first and most important point was a mystic meal at which the food partaken of was served in the sacred vessels the tympanum and the symbols the formula of an attis initiate was i have eaten from the tympanum i have drunk from the symbols as i have remarked above the food thus partaken of was a food of life die attis dienar in der tat eine magiska spice des lebens aus iron kult gerwatten zu essen meinten dietrich in his interesting study entitled eine mithrasse liturgy refers to this meal as the centre of the whole religious action further in some mysterious manner the fate of the initiate 
was connected with and upon the death and resurrection of the god the christian writer firmicius maternus at one time himself an initiate has left an account of the ceremony without however specifying whether the deity in question was attis or adonis as diederich remarks vaser erzhalt kan sich auf adis gemeinden und auf adonis gemeinden besiehen this is what he says nocte quandum simulacrum in lectica supinum ponitur et per numeros digestus flutibus plangitur dinda cum se ficta lamentatione satia verant lumen infertur tunca sacerdote omnium qui flabant faucis unguentur quibus per onctus sacerdos ohuc lento mamure susurit have courage o initiate said the saviour god for there will be salvation for us from our toils on which dietrich remarks das heil der misten hand ader rettung des gods hepping holds that in some cases there was an actual burial and awakening with the god to a new life in any case it is clear that the successful issue of the test of initiation was dependent upon the resurrection and revival of the god now is it not clear that we have here a close parallel with the grail romances in each case we have a common and mystic meal in which the food partaken of stands in close connection with the holy vessels in the addis feast the initiates actually ate and drank from these vessels in the romances the grail community never actually eat from the grail itself but the food is in some mysterious and unexplained manner supplied by it in both cases it is a laban's spice a food of life this point is especially insisted upon in the parsifal where the grail community never become any older than they were on the day they first beheld the talisman in the addis initiation the proof that the candidate has successfully passed the test is afforded by the revival of the god in the grail romances the proof lies in the healing of the fisher king thus while deferring for a moment any insistence on the obvious points of parallelism with the sacrament of the eucharist and the possibilities of spiritual teaching inherent in the ceremonies necessary links in our chain of argument we are i think entitled to hold that even when we pass beyond the outward mise en scene of the story the march of incident the character of the king his title his disability and relation to his land and folk to the inner and deeper significance of the tale the nature cult still remain reliable guides it is their inner their esoteric ritual which will enable us to bridge the gulf between what appears at first sight the wholly irreconcilable elements of folk-tale and high spiritual mystery End of chapter ten